Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing? Good, good. Well, we're going to go ahead and continue this morning in a series we've been doing called Out of the Mud and the Mire. And you know what we're talking about is just really the, you know, the heart of our Father, God, and how He comes continually to the rescue in our lives. And through the, through the Bible, it's recorded time and time again different people who are just like you and me who have fallen into a place where you know they felt despair or, or they felt inadequate they felt like they missed it and God comes to the rescue has he ever rescued you you know have you ever just been down and and God comes on the scene and lifts you up and you know one of the things I love about God and how he he works is he doesn't make you feel foolish when he comes to the rescue. I make myself feel foolish. I make myself, you know, feel all kinds of weird emotions. But God comes on the scene, and he has such mercy that he reaches out his hand and picks you up. He lifts you to a higher place. And, you know, as we read the scripture that I'll read it in a minute, it says he steadies us as we go. You know, I like that about him. I like knowing who he is. You know, I've had funny ideas about God in my lifetime. None of you ever had, I'm sure. Nobody online ever had any funny ideas about God. But, you know, the more I get to know him, I see he's, he's a good God. He's a good God. I see that he's for me. He's not against me. You know, he's out, he's out to pick me up, not to knock me over and, you know, point the finger at me. Any finger. Psalm 40, verse 1. Anyway. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry, and he brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God, and many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. You know, people look at your life. Talking about God lifting you up out of the mud and the mire. I mean, there's, it's, it's so multifaceted. It's a blessing for you and I, of course. But I'll tell you what, when God pulls you out of the mud and mire, it's, it's an example of his goodness to the world. You know? I, I, I constantly want to check myself to go beyond in my thinking. Go beyond me. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, I want this, I want that. Well... You know, there's more to it than what, you know, I want and I want and I want. Not that, you know, I don't, not knocking anybody want anything, but I'll tell you what, God wants you to shine. He wants you to shine because there's people around you and around me that we can influence. We can influence for the kingdom of God. You know, I, I guess as we get into the message today, I'm going to be talking some about, you know, being led by the Spirit. How many know you can be led by the Spirit of God? How many know we live in a day? This is such an incredible day we live in, where the Holy Spirit is, is evident in our lives. He lives in us, and He's there to help us. Holy Spirit is there to help you. He's not there to hurt you. He's not there to condemn you. He never condemns people. He shows us who Jesus is. He, he leads us in this life. And, you know, that isn't just so that we can walk around with a perpetual goosebump. Oh, yeah, you know. You know? It's to be a demonstration. 
a demonstration, a demonstration to the world. Did I ever read the NLT? I don't think I did. It says in verse 2, it says, He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on, a solid, on solid ground, and he steadied me as I walked along. I like that. Isn't that good? You know, I want to talk some about being led by the Spirit. And, and uh, I, I, you know, I've endeavored to do that. I think most of us have since we've been Christians. We, we want to follow God. We want to know his plan. You know, I remember, you know, I guess I can look back in any part of my life since I've been a Christian and think, yeah, I've, I've been seeking God as to how I should, you know, proceed, you know, with, with life. And, and um, I don't know about you, but I can tell you this, that even though I have good intentions, sometimes I've missed it. I won't ask for your hands. Sometimes I've missed it, though. Sometimes I've, I've wanted to do God's plan, but I, you know, it's kind of like this. It's like I wanted to drive to, we'll say, Oklahoma. Just saying that, okay? And all of a sudden I found, you know, I know how to go to Oklahoma because I've done it many times. I've driven to Texas many times. And basically, my route is usually getting on 35W and just going straight down. If I'm going to Texas, I'm going to Oklahoma. I, I make a few turns. I, I at 35 to Kansas, and then I get off onto 40-something and 44 into Oklahoma. But, but, you know, I know the way. But I do also know this, that if I ended up in Nebraska, I'd say, something's not right. Nothing wrong with Nebraska. Cornhuskers go, yeah, all that. But, but, you know, if I was trying to go from here to Oklahoma, you know, Nebraska's not on the, pl on the route, okay? So what God told me once is this, that, that even if I found myself in Nebraska, even if I found myself in Colorado or California, of all places, well, I'd at least have an In-N-Out burger before I got in my way. But if I was in California and, and I was trying to go to Oklahoma, God told me before, he says, he says, you know what, wherever you ended up, I can get you where you need to go. The problem sometimes, and I can speak for myself, is that I've spent so much time beating myself up for how did I get over here? How did It's like a bad dream. I, I shut my eyes. I woke up. I was in California, and I was trying to go to Oklahoma. How did that happen? Whoa, Paul, what are you doing? We spend so much time beating ourselves up instead of looking to Jesus that we get stuck. What do you get stuck in? Mud and mire. What's God do? He lifts you out of the mud and the mire. All right, I'm going to talk about the Apostle Paul this morning. He, um, he told us some pretty great truths, didn't he? Yep. You know, if you read the New Testament, you, you, you're, you know, good chance you're reading from the Apostle Paul's writings. And a couple things that, that he told us, Romans 8, 14 through 16, I just want to read a couple things here Paul said. He said, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Thank God for that. But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Wow, what a revelation. We know we're accepted by him. We can go up to him and call him Daddy. Basically, that's what, Pastor, or what the Apostle Paul said here. He says then, then he goes on, he says, And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Isn't that good? The Spirit of God bears witness in our hearts that we're children of God. That's probably the most important thing in life. 
to know that you're a child of God. And, you know, one way that you know it is this, this very way Paul talks about here is that the Spirit of God bears witness in our spirit that we're children of God. Now, you can be a brand new baby Christian. You know, you just got born again. The Spirit of God will still speak to you. You know, in fact, sometimes I think it's easier for a brand new baby Christian to hear God than it is for a 40-year-old Christian or a 50-year-old Christian. Not always, but sometimes it is. Um, but, you know, thank God we have this witness of the Holy Spirit. You know, this is, that's supernatural. You know, God, wit Holy Spirit witnessing in your spirit that you're a child of God is supernatural. And it's just as supernatural as you having a vision and seeing Jesus walk into the, the room. Okay? Some people get off because they're going around seeking visions and seeking things that are, could be scriptural, but they're not something you should seek for. Matter of fact, you're probably in a better place if all God has to do is whisper into your heart and say something. I found this in life, that when I have more of a dramatic demonstration of God leading me, I found that there's usually rough roads ahead, and I need to hang on to that. I want to say, Lord, just, just speak to my heart. Show me. Lead me by that inner witness, you know. And, you know, if you, if you, need, if you need something strong, then he gives you something strong sometimes. But you don't need to seek that. Seek him. Seek him. Let him worry about, not that he worries. Let him, you know, decide how he wants to show you how he wants to get it over to you. You know, sometimes we've, we've had dreams. I don't seek dreams. If I was seeking dreams, I'd eat pepperoni pizza before bed every night. That'd probably give me dreams. Okay, but that, that isn't necessarily God. Okay? Seek him. Let him show. Even if you have a dream, check out your heart. Does it line up with your heart? Boy, I'll, I'll keep going for a minute. Even if a prophet, I'm not, I'm not against prophets, I'm for prophets. I have friends that are prophets, okay? But even if a prophet were to come up to you and give you some dramatic, <clears throat> dramatic word, can I have that? If it did not line up with what God's already speaking to your heart, I'd put it on the shelf. I'd put it on the shelf. I've had many times in, in life as a Christian that men or women of God have spoken words over me. Thank God. I'm encouraged by that. But I don't build my life on that. I don't go off on some new adventure because somebody prophesied that I should do that. If they prophesied that over me, number one, it have to line up with God's word. Do you hear me? And number two is it has to line up with my heart. It has to line up with what God's already speaking to me. Or I don't care how many goosebumps everyone in the crowd had, I would put it on the shelf. I wouldn't necessarily reject it. Sometimes you get words, you just need to put them on the shelf because maybe it's for a time that's coming up. Okay? Um, this is really good teaching. Didn't plan to say any of this stuff, but it's good nonetheless because it keeps us safe. 
That's what pastors want to do is they want to keep the people safe. You know? There's a lot of good things out there. And there's, a lot, there's some weird things too. Won't, won't try to kid you. There is. Stay steady. All right, I was going to read this. Uh, the, the letters to street Christians. I'm sure everybody's got that in their back pocket today, right? The ver- this version said it this way. I liked it. It says, the spirit himself whispers deep inside us that we're really kids in the Father's family. So you are equipped to hear the Holy Spirit and to demonstrate Jesus. And we have purpose in following God because our goal is to be an influence in this earth. You know, a thousand years from now, we'll be in heaven. You know, and and a lot of things aren't going to really matter. You know, they're really not. It's not going to matter if you got the new hat or your new coat or new shoes. But people that you influenced, you know, again, I'm not against new hats, new coats, new shoes, all that. But people that you influenced here on this earth, that'll, that'll go on. That's eternal. All right. Another thing that, another truth that Paul shared is Romans 8.28. And I just want to read this because I think it's, it bears uh, some light on what we're going to talk about here in a minute. It says, We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Do you guys, have you ever seen that Bible verse before? Yeah. thought so. Um, God doesn't cause everything that happens in your life. Okay? God doesn't make disasters in your life so that he can get glory. You know, he doesn't make people sick so that he can heal them. That's, you know, that would be like schizophrenic. Okay? And God isn't that. <laughs> Just telling you the truth this morning. Okay? But I'll tell you what, we live in this fallen world that we live in. Okay? This world that we function in right now is not the one that God originally intended for his people to live in. But because of the fall of Adam, you know, things changed. So we live in this world where bad things happen. And they, they don't just happen to the worst people. Sometimes, you know, people, you know, could be really not living for God at all. And it seems like, my goodness, I mean, I can't believe they're still alive, you know. But, but you know what? And then I see other people that die early. I'm not, I'm not, I believe in longevity and all that stuff. But, you know, bad things happen to good people is all I'm saying. When it rains out, you know, the rain falls on the good and the bad, but not the ugly, according to Clint Eastwood. But no uglies. Yeah, anyway, the, the rain falls on everyone, you know, and, and, and um, it's just the way the world is. God doesn't cause all that, but in the midst of it all, God can take negative things and turn them for good. I think the key is keep your eyes on Jesus. Hey, I didn't think it was going to go this way. I didn't either. Keep your eyes on Jesus. It isn't over. 
It isn't over. Keep your eyes fixed on Him. People quit too soon. We, we give up because it doesn't measure up the way we thought it was going to. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Um, all right, I'm going to give you another verse. I got time. You got time? Then I'll get into the, the message. <laughs> John 10, 4. Read a couple verses here. It says, when he brings out his sheep, he goes before them. The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Do you know who the sheep are? That'd be us. We're the sheep. He's the shepherd. I love this. I bolded it in my notes. They know his voice. They know his voice. You can know the voice of the master. You do know the voice of the master. Don't get confused. In fact, God doesn't bring confusion. I'll just throw this out too. If you have a dream, and you wake up in the morning and you're confused by it, God don't bring you confusion. He brings you clarity. If he gives you something, you may not know the end, but you'll know at least the step to take. Okay? It says, they'll by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they don't know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they didn't understand the things he spoke to them. All right? Then in verse 10, it says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Then in verse 14, he says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known by my own. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. You know, something I've found when I'm following God is when he's getting, he's, work, he's trying to get something over to me, is something he does, I've seen this in my life, is he doesn't just bring it to me once. It's like I get an impression and I, you know, I might not even notice it right away, but then it comes again and again and again. And then, you know, here's me. I'm walking along. And I'm like, do you think there's something to that? I keep getting this. You know, I'm telling Dana or something, you know. I keep getting this. You know, but God does that. He keeps bringing things over and over, you know. And I've had times I'm like, this something comes on my mind. I'm like, oh, what is that? I try to push it away, but then I go my way, and God is so merciful. He'll keep bringing it back. Even when I've done things wrong, he keeps bringing it back to me. And I go, oh, oh, okay. I get it. I hear his voice. All right. You ready? Acts 27. There's a lot of things here that we can uh, glean from. So I'm going to just start with Acts 27.1. Know this, that Paul had appealed to Caesar. He'd had a trial back in verse chapter 26, and he'd appealed to Caesar, and in the story in Acts 27, we find that he's, he's on his journey to go to Rome, okay? He's on his way to Rome. Rome is his destination. Just like I said, Oklahoma was my destination at one time in life. Well, for Paul, Rome is now his destination. And he's a prisoner. You might, probably should know that too, okay? And it, it says in verse 1, it says, And when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan regiment. Julius. 
And, and Julius, you know, was, was good. He was kind to Paul. You know, it says that, that you know, at, at some ports, he, he let Paul have freedom to go see some friends and get care and things like that. So there was favor going on with Julius and with Paul. Favor is a good thing. Favor is a good thing. So Paul's on his way to Rome. Just like we're on our way, we have a destination in this life. But, but what I've found, too, is that life is just as much about the journey as it is the destination. Okay? And, and, you know, God's maybe calling you to Rome or wherever it is he's calling you. Maybe it isn't a physical location, but he's calling you to something. Don't forget to be an, an influence where you are today. Don't forget to enjoy today, okay? Don't forget to look to God today and get what you need from him today because that's what's going to get you to tomorrow, okay? So, so we're reading here that Paul has a destination, and his destination is Rome, but many things happen on the way to Rome, okay? Um, so he sets sail, and, and, and in verse 10 of Acts 27... Paul said this, he spoke out while they were sailing and things had been kind of rough and Paul spoke this out in verse 10. He says, men, I perceive this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. Now, how's that for a word from God? So you're, you're a prisoner, basically, and you're on this ship, and you're in charge, you know, you know, Julius the centurion is in charge of you, and, you know, they're keeping the prisoners, you know, at bay. And this guy, Paul, stands up and he says, I, I perceive this. I've got an impression. You know, I believe it's from God that this voyage is going to end with disaster. Not just the ship and the cargo, but our lives are at stake. Then in verse 11, it says that the centurion, Julius here, he was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. You see, as you follow God in life, there's always opposing voices. And the question you got to ask yourself is, what's going to persuade me? Is it going to be the opposing voices out here, or is it going to be the impression I get from God? So anyway, the, they, they weren't persuaded by the things that Paul spoke. So, you know what they did? They sailed on. Now, I give Paul tremendous credit. He heard and recognized the warning that God was giving him about this upcoming trip. You know, it's something to know the will of God. And then I was just thinking about it this week, how Paul you know, had this knowing on the inside, you know, this not just the ship was going to be lost in the cargo, but also their lives, a warning from heaven. Yet he was unable to act on what God showed him because of other people and because of the circumstances he was in. Is that a tough place to be? Have you ever been there where you've heard heaven, but everybody else in the world isn't lining up with what you heard from heaven? And there's a tendency that we can have where we would want to blame other people. And I want to tell you this morning that that is a mistake, okay? We don't want to look and blame the circumstances. We don't want to look and blame the people. We want to put our eyes on Jesus. And again, know that it isn't over yet, okay? 
The other thing that I might do in a situation like that is condemn myself and say, how did I get myself into this situation? Now God's talking to me and I can't act according to what he's telling me. You know, I feel trapped. I feel bound up. What did I do to deserve this? Don't do that. Keep your eyes on Jesus. All right, so, yeah, let me just tell you this. In a storm, yeah, so Paul's in a storm. Did I read that part yet? Acts, 13, or Acts 27, 14, it says that there was a, a storm that was so strong, they actually had a name for it, and it starts with an E, and it sounds like medicine, but, but you can try to pronounce it yourself, and if you say it often enough, you might start just praying in tongues while you're doing it, I don't know, but when a storm comes in your life, it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. It could be, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, Okay. All right, all right, so let me tell you this. Don't blame people. Don't judge people if they're going through a storm, okay? Psalm 46, 1 through 3, I just read this one here to you. It says, and God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not fear. Even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters roar and be troubled with the mountains, though the mountains shake with its swelling. What I'm thinking about is this. You're in trouble. You're in a storm. Know this. God's there with you. He's with you in trouble. He's your strength. He's your steadier. Don't have your eyes on the storm. Have your eyes on Jesus. Always. Then as you read on in Acts 27, which I'm just touching these verses. So this other storm rises up and hits a doozy. They give it a name and all this. And verse 20, it goes on. It says, the sun and stars hadn't appeared for many days. That's depressing. It says, no small tempest beat on them. And all hope would have, uh, to be saved was finally given up. That's a, that's a desperate situation. You hear that? All hope to be saved had been, I mean, they started off this journey with a word that Paul had from God saying, hey, this thing's going to be with, <laughs> with a lot of damage, not only the ship and the cargo, but our lives. But after uh, uh, a long abstinence from food, Paul stood up in the midst of them in verse 21. He said, man, you should have listened to me. <laughs> God bless you, Paul. <laughs> Even the apostle Paul could not resist. should have listened to me and not sailed from Crete and cured this uh, disaster and loss. But he says in verse 22, he says, I urge you to take heart. Take heart. Remember, this is the place they'd come to where they had no hope. They had lost all hope. He says, I encourage you to take heart. Isn't God merciful? Yeah. Even when we've done things wrong, even when we've been captured by opposing forces, kept from doing the will of God, he says, take heart. There'll be no loss of life among you, only the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God. See, it got even stronger here. It was a, it was a perception in the beginning. Now it's an angel of God came to him. He says, of whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, don't be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. All of a sudden, I think they might have been glad Paul was with them. 
You see, God's blessing is so great. It isn't just for you. It affects the whole ship. It affects everybody you're around. Everybody in your workplace, everybody in your home is affected by the blessing of God in your life. Um, then he goes on. I'm just reading a couple verses here. It says in verse 30, sailors were seeking to escape the ship. And then in verse 31, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you can't be saved. See, that's something that happens in the midst of a storm as people are tempted to jump ship. When a storm is brewing, don't jump ship. Hold steady in a storm. Hold steady in a storm. So it goes on and, you know, they, they ate. And I like in verse 35, it says, uh, it says, after he'd said these things, you know, he urged them all to take nourishment. It says, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. Could be a communion scripture. Should have saved this message for the communion Sunday probably, huh? Doesn't say he took communion, but I, I, read, I read the language. And just knowing how the apostle Paul was, I think he stirred himself up to remember his covenant. He said he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of all of them. Why would it even say that? And he, after he'd broken it, he began to eat. It's almost like a quote right out of 1 Corinthians 11. So they were all encouraged, and they took food themselves. There's 276 people on the ship. When they'd eaten enough, they, they lightened the ship, and they threw out the weed into the sea. And, and uh, what happens is they come up on this island. It's called Malta. And they, they hit the rocks. I'm, I'm just telling you the story here. And I mean, the ship was basically destroyed. And people came to shore on this island, you know, by holding on to boards of the ship. And, and some swam. And, but they, they, God gave them all the people that were with them. And they end up on this island called Malta. And uh, it jumps into the next chapter. I guess it ends in, cha in verse 44 of, of chapter 27. It says, they all escaped, all escaped safely to land. The thing is, is even when you've come through a big trial and you've had a victory, don't take your eyes off Jesus then. Sometimes people go, I guess I survived. Guess I can sit back and relax now. Well, you can always relax in God. But don't take your eyes off him. Soon, the next thing you read in chapter 28, you get down three verses. As Paul goes to make a fire. Why do you do that? Well, they're all wet. You know, I've watched Survivor. They make fires. They get heat. They dry out. He goes to make a fire and he grabs a bunch of wood. What happens? A snake comes and bites him in the hand. I like what Paul did. He shook the thing off into the fire. You get snake bit, what do you do? You shake it off into the fire. And the people in the place, in the, in the island said, they, they, they began to think. They began to talk. If there'd been an internet and there'd been social media, you wouldn't believe what they would have put on Facebook. They said, oh, this Paul guy, he thought he was something. He made it to the island, but the first thing that happens, he gets bit by a snake. He must be a murderer or something. Snake bit him. Tell you, don't judge people. Don't judge people. You know, 
Judgment happens because we don't even know the whole story, you know? And even if we did, let God be the judge. So the next thing that happens is he shakes that creature off into the fire, and he doesn't die. The tables are turned. The tables are turned. Then one of the head guys in the island, his name was Publius. I think I said it right. What happened here? Publius comes. I'm trying to find my scripture, what it is. Anyway, Publius, uh, it happened, it was the father of Publius who laid sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went to him and prayed, laid his hands on him. The guy was healed. When that happened, they brought all the sick people in the island to Paul. And healing broke out. Revival broke out. If you'd have judged Paul at any point prior to this, if Paul would have judged Paul at any point prior to this, he might have said, I missed it. I blew it. He could have put himself into such a, a frame of mind that he was surrounded by condemnation, you know, beating himself up over the head saying, wow, where, how did I miss it? God told me supernaturally. You know, I love that where it says that the viper bit him and he shook it off into the fire. Sometimes you need to shake off the things the devil's trying to tell you. Shake them into the fire and let them burn. Because revival is the next step. God turns things around for good. It might look like everything that could possibly go bad has gone bad. Don't quit. God is a master at pulling you and I out of the mud and the mire and steadying us as we go on our way. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Yeah, hey, we just wanted to give you the opportunity as well to partner up and plug in to the church uh, by giving. So if you would like to be a part of that and help make this all possible, you can do so by going to wearelovechurch.com slash give. You can also plug in, stay in the loop with what's going on at the church via our Instagram and Facebook platforms. So love y'all. God bless you.